What's up, guys? Welcome to Instagram Marketing Secrets, episode 92. Today's episode is freaking awesome. I can say so because I am interviewing Jean Moret, J-E-A-N-M-O-U-R-E-T. Give him an ad on Facebook, on Instagram. You know, don't worry about that right now because you're about to hear all of his credentials and you're going to absolutely love this guy by the end of the episode. He's going to give you information about the algorithm that is not out there. And we are going to confirm so many things about how the algorithm works and how you can make it work for you uh, in this episode based off of extensive research and track record. Uh, Jean is rated in the top 10 influencers from Yahoo's top 10 influencers. He runs a 1.2 million follower account called Explorer and he's uh, opened up so many other accounts. I can't remember the exact stat, but I will say at the very beginning of this interview with him, uh, some extra credentials with him. So this is a long interview. I'm gonna get let you guys get right to it, but if you can't finish it all in one sitting, make sure you set the time aside to listen to this whole thing. It will be on YouTube as well, um, but you are not going to want to miss the information that's the beginning, the middle, the end. You're not gonna wanna miss any of this information at all. So quick word from my sponsor and we will jump into it. All right, guys, I'm here with John Moret, and uh, he is quite the Instagram expert. He has grown over 40 million followers since 2013 throughout his accounts, as well as the accounts that he runs for other people. Uh, he's done it in travel and luxury and lifestyle niches. So a lot of the big ones, uh, he's running the account uh, Explorer, which is one of the largest travel pages at 1.2 million followers. And we are going to be talking a lot about the algorithm today as well as monetizing, how to, uh, you know, some tips on being an influencer. We're really going to dive into a lot of stuff here. So I wouldn't be surprised if this is one of our longer interviews. Um, but uh, Jean, how are you doing today, my man? I'm doing great, man. Thank you for having me here. And uh, yeah, guys, as you said, I'm, I'm happy to jump into this call and discuss everything Instagram related. Uh, hopefully during this call, we'll be able to debunk some myths, you know, sharing some truth about Instagram and help you guys, uh, you know, fight the algorithms because as you know, um, you know, every day we go online, we try to research, we ask other people, we purchase courses and at the end of the day, we only realize we're more stuck in with doubts and things and, and, and issues and we realize that we end up knowing even less than, than before we purchase a course or uh -huh. we have like a coach and mentor and the next day we have another mentor and they, they counteract each other and with, with opposite thoughts and we're like okay i don't know whom to listen to anymore <laughs> uh so that's what i'm here for you, you know um just as a disclaimer everything that we're going to be talking about is just my personal view and my own research always do your own research on your mm -hmm. own but just take mine as a, as a as a guideline into the truth yep and only listen to us guys no, just but, but uh, yeah, we will be giving you uh, a lot of information here that is based off of. Uh, it was so awesome because I've already talked to John before this call, and a lot of the things that he was saying about the algorithm are right in line with what I've been teaching you guys on this show. And I always like have that disclaimer too, like this is a guess, okay? I don't work at Instagram, um, but 
lot of information uh, we're going off of today is supported by years and years of research. So uh, we're going to start with uh, a little bit of backstory, then we're going to go into the algorithm, and then we're going to talk a little bit more of the monetization and fun stuff. So make sure you guys listen to the very end of this interview to really get the, uh, you know, everything you can out of it. Uh, but John, you have been an entrepreneur for 10 years now. And that doesn't come without running into some major speed bumps. It doesn't matter who you are. A little bit about what we were talking about before the call too is as you get bigger, you get bigger problems. And you know maybe that you don't have to deal with some of the smaller problems that you dealt with at the beginning, but you know getting bigger doesn't necessarily mean it all becomes easy for you. So just so we can get like an instant insight into who you are and uh, you know a little bit about your mentality of being an entrepreneur, just tell us about either one or two of like the biggest struggles that you've run into in the last 10 years and how you were able to overcome them. Sure. Well, as you said, you know, the bigger you are as a company or, you know, your revenue, the more people that get jealous or the more people that try to call you out, especially your competitors, because even though you may be honest and, and you know, you don't try to overlap anybody else that is struggling to, you know, to, to success, that doesn't mean that your competitors will not think of any way to, you know, to mar your own, your own business. And, you know, that's only normal. Well, and the only advice I can give you is like focus on yourself. Haters will always be there. The only thing you can do is, is secure your own business, you know, have legal papers, have a lawyer, you know, prepare for you. Um, and, you know, just do everything properly, everything honestly. And uh, yeah, man, with, uh, I, I do a lot of contracts. Um, so let's see, one of my, one of my, let's start with the worst. Uh, one of my worst stories, um, I've got a few accounts hacked during the past, you know, five years. And a couple of them were worth in the, the high five figures. Um, and I, I lost them completely. They were my accounts, so I didn't hurt any client, but I, I, I definitely lost a lot of money. And the thing is, um, back then, even nowadays, Instagram really doesn't pay attention to complaints unless you're a super big person. Like, you know, Instagram's email to reach them and ask for questions or complaints most times, you know, get overlooked. Uh, most times they, they fall into deaf ears. They, they don't care. They don't open them unless you're a figure, you're verified, you have a seven, eight figure business. They will most likely not care unless, again, you have a friend or two that, that work in there and may be able to push your case. Um, that's what happened to me back in early 2018. I actually, uh, a friend of mine, gave me for free the, the handle at DJI as, as the, the drum company. Let me show you. Um, so I'm sure many of you guys know the drum company, DJI. Um, yeah, DJI. Nice. I had this handle. Okay. DJI, like the, the three letters. And you were selling the drones? Uh, no, no, because... Uh, DJI's terms of use is that you can't open a business that resembles a name and offer their products as, as if you were portraying to be them. Okay. Which I wasn't. I was, I was just running a fan page of, of drone photos. Okay. But I was like on a personal uh, negotiation with DJI, with the actual, you know, billion dollar company in China, uh, trying to tell them I'll exchange my drone uh, fan page business along with the name for a deal. You know, let, you know, let's negotiate, give me any figure. And they did. Um, 
unfortunately, I don't have the DMs anymore because I was asking them from the account at DJI, but the DMs were there. I, I still have some screenshots that I can show later. Um, they said, yes, if Instagram can help us somehow transfer our follower base to your name, which they had like 1.4 million at the time. And everything was going smoothly. I was even preparing myself to go on a trip to China and maybe ask him, hey, I would like like a fixed fee and maybe a couple of drones, you know, you know, the sky's the limit. And uh, my name got hacked a week later. Mm. And well, that was a very unfortunate event. Uh, it was some random kid with some, you know, super powerful internet. I, I mean, uh, like, uh, you know, like hacking skills. He, he hacked the account and uh, I lost it. I, I, I just lost the account. It got banned by Instagram because they could tell it got hacked or he just like went in there and deleted it. He, he got into the account, he changed everything, he made his home. And then he, he, he said, hey, this account is for sale. And I was like, hey, this is my account. Why are you still in my account? He said, okay, just pay me money. I'll give it back to you. And of course, I didn't because I know that 99% of, of chances would be that he, he would get free money from me and he still would not deliver it. So I, I said, you know what? This is like something really bad. Have it if, if you want. So I, I don't care. I'll not fight for it. Uh, it was probably worth fifty thousand dollars. Mm. But and, uh, you had to pay something for that username to start with, too, huh? Uh, in the beginning, a friend of mine gave it to me because I, he knew that I, I was sponsored by the brand. I'm sponsored by DJI. Okay. Um, so he gave it to me uh, for free. But um, when this kid got it, like he hacked it from me. Uh, so he got it away, and then I contacted Instagram. They they put me through to Facebook. I showed them my case, my screenshots. I told them, "Hey, I'm a, a Facebook partner. I, I run ads all the time. I have many pages. You have helped me in the past." And they said, "We can't give you this account, you know, because you don't have access to the original email of the account. You know, the, like in in the business of, of Instagram, the original email." that you use to register the account is the most powerful email in the account. It's even more powerful than your current email. Okay. So every time Instagram is asking, hey, hey, um, we want to give your account back, but in order for you to prove that you're the owner, you need to let us know that the first email that was ever listed in the account. And unfortunately, I never knew what it was. If you go into your account right now and you go into settings, you go into uh, security, you can access your data and see all your previous usernames, all your previous names, all your previous bios, emails. You can see everything from day one. But back in 2018, we didn't have that. So I never knew what the original email was because my friend gave it to me and he didn't know it either. Um, so Facebook was so close to me saying, like, um, we're just about to give you your account back. Just tell us the email listed in there. And I never knew. So I, I was never able to recover the account. Okay. Uh, I reported it probably 10,000 times. I asked all my friends, all my, all my peers in my network. And the only thing we, we achieved was the account getting banned. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Now that he has it, he took it away from him. Yeah. So he couldn't sell it. Which yeah. like for me, I would be like, yeah, I will sabotage you in any way I possibly can if I can't get it back. So that's still super unfortunate. Uh, looking back, I, it almost looks like this was just something you couldn't even prevent, but is there, is there a way that you can see how you could have prevented it? Did 
Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast audio branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. Yeah, I mean, if I if I knew the original email of the account since day one, which I didn't know back then, it was so important. This would have never happened. Uh, but nowadays, it sounds like you couldn't have even gotten that information, though. I didn't know it before. Nowadays, as I said, you go into settings and uh, you go to you know to the other settings, and you can find all your information. And nowadays, on any account that I own, manage, or run, I have. A spreadsheet on Excel, not on the cloud, but everything within my computer stored, you know, privately on, on a separate hard drive, mm. uh, with information from my accounts, the name, the previous name, my current email, my previous email, the first email, the exact dates, time, and seconds that the the, the, the account was registered, uh, the account ID. I don't know if you know this, but every Instagram account has an, an ID, like a number ID. It's like. Uh, between the five and uh, 11 numbers, depending on how old it was. Okay. Let, let me give you an example. My account could be uh, like Explorer. The older it is, the smaller the number. Um, so let's say, for example, Explorer, which isn't that old. It's, it's only like three, four years old. It may be like seven years, like, uh, I, don't, I don't know, like a million, 2,574, 671, something like that. But if you go find really old accounts, you see the small numbers. For example, Kevin, at Kevin, the previous uh, CEO of Instagram, he had account ID five. Okay. <laughs> uh, he has account number five. Uh, so again, if, if you go like five, like find Mark Zuckerberg or really old pages, they have account IDs like, yeah, I'm account 120, account, uh, I don't know, 1015. Uh, but you know, if you open an account right now, you have like, like 12 figures, like yeah. digits. Um, but yeah, so that's another way to know how to locate your account because you can change usernames, you can change bios, you can change profile pictures, you can change everything, but the account ID is the only thing that will always stay the same. Um, and there is ways to track it. So if you get your account hacked and you change your username and you, you know you can't find it anymore, all you need to do is you, you remember your, your ID and you go into this special software and you put it in and it says, okay, this is the ID. Say, oh, they changed my account uh, username into this new name. So that's why I also have like a spreadsheet with, full with, with my account IDs because if the fortunate event I ever get hacked, I will always be able to track the, the, the accounts unless they willingly disable them temporarily. You know? um, okay. And if you can way. get them to respond to your email. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I've never gotten an email response back from Instagram, but I think, yeah, when you're a much bigger account then you probably uh you know are going to go into a different inbox forum or you're probably going to get looked at but so many of the problems are just so small and it's unfortunate that they don't have uh, a team or at least an automated chat bot that can handle most automated situations so hopefully that goes up but for now at least it sounds like if you are looking to buy someone's account you should only do it if they're willing to give you the original email that was created on the account and 
all of that other information that you might need to unlock it if it were to get hacked. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. But also, you know, there is a very thin line between doing things legally and illegally on Instagram. And this is something that I really want to, you know, as, as public information. Um, you can't legally buy a, an Instagram account just for the sake of buying the account. If you're going to buy an account, you should be doing so as in the account is part of a business that you're buying. You see a wink? <laughs> so um, if you're going to buy an account, you're just buying the business, which includes the social media. And you have to let Instagram know that you're a new manager of the account. And you have to let them know that you are now the new person behind it. So again, there is nothing wrong in buying an account as long as you let Instagram know that you did it you know, under the right reasons. So um, it can be done. Just you have to play the right way so that it's legally done. So you should almost, if you're, if someone's giving up their Instagram, they're most likely giving up their entire business too. Otherwise it wouldn't really make sense. So it's almost good to negotiate like doing a proper business buyout where if they have an LLC or some kind of registered business uh, at all that you're buying that as well and that you're acquiring if they have an email list, if they have a Facebook page or anything else that's built up that you are buying all of it. Cause that would be, is that what you're saying? That's a legal way to do it by buying the business. You can then acquire all of their assets, but exactly. An Instagram okay. account just as a Twitter or Facebook account, or TikTok, any other, you know, Another platform right now is part of a bigger thing of a business. And at the end of the day, social media is supposed to be a database of, of a loyal audience. So if you buy a mobile phone business, you know, like a tech business, and uh, you know, every person who's ever purchased a phone from you follows you on Instagram, that's important for you to stay, you know, in touch with them. So you need to be uh, acquiring the Instagram as well. So that's that's the legal side of things. You shouldn't buy an Instagram just because because that's the only reason or purpose it's part of a bigger thing and as you said it's just an asset of a bigger business um that's the only legal way to do so and again you have to let Instagram know once you purchased it uh again with legal paperwork. how do you do that um well you have to email instagram like like uh within the the, the contact forms that are written directly on, on, on the Instagram app or you okay. go to instagram.com and you find like some uh there is uh, intellectual property uh, emails. There is copyright emails, trademark emails. There, there is, um, I don't know, there, there's so many emails for Instagram. But in that email that you're going to send them, you're going to not say, I purchased this Instagram account. You're going to say, I purchased this business from them, which obviously includes this asset. So I will be the new manager of the account, just letting you know. And you'll probably still never hear anything <laughs> and they might not even open it, but it's just to... Uh, so you can be in check with everything. Like if you have a hack or whatever that they can look back and see an email history from you. Exactly. It's okay. just that you do it in advance and you rather never get in trouble rather than them saying, Hey, you never let us know. You know, it's, it's better to be safe and say, okay, I did this in advance and maybe it, they never opened it, but at least I never got in trouble rather than, Oh, I should have sent this email and then I would be okay. You know, I, and they, they can find it if the time comes. Yeah, yeah. which is why I recommend that, you know, whenever you are into buying or selling your business, including an Instagram account, you, you do like a, you type out a quick agreement between the buyer and the seller and you have a PDF copy signed by both parties and, you know, you have that as a legal backup because it's count, it counts as a legal document. Again, if you're going to do that, just 
make sure to note within the, the agreement, the name of the Instagram account, the current follower base at the time being purchased, and also the account ID. Uh, it's very simple to find the, the account ID, literally just Google it, how to find an Instagram ID. And all, you, all they ask is for you to put in your name, I'll give you your, your five, six to 10, you know, digits, depending on how old your account is. And again, that's the only legal way to, to back it up. So just have the document in, in, in mind. And that's also going to help you in the, in the event you get hacked or you get your account stolen because it, it, things like this happen all the time. I get friends with, with accounts hacked all the time. And um, some of the documents that Instagram asks from them in order for them to retrieve the accounts is proof of business, proof of ownership of the account. And if you are a current manager, meaning after somebody else has left the account before, that you also have proof of that. So as long as you have like a proof of release that somebody left the account on your hands and you overtook the account from that moment on, that's some really solid documentation. So that's all you need. Yeah, like the day that you're taking over the account, if you are buying it like over payment installments or anything like that, uh, you know, find guidelines like, like maybe you are buying it over like three payments of a thousand. And it's like, if the person can't, make these payments by this date, then you incur interest or you, the contract is void. Like everything that you can think of should be in there, but absolutely there's, there's plenty of stories I've heard of, you know, unfortunately people go into business with uh, someone that they trust at the beginning and someone gets greedy. Uh, so even like my current business partner, I don't know if we've ever made an official deal. I just have known him so long that I trust him, but it still is like, let's just get something in writing no matter what. Um, so smart stuff. So what would you just uh, say quickly to someone who is considering buying an Instagram account? Because they're like, all right, I don't want to, like, I'm looking at this account. It's a hundred thousand followers. And let's say they're charging like five grand. They got a 2% engagement rate and their following base is pretty much what I'm looking for. Like, is there a rate that you're like, oh yeah, a hundred thousand followers should go for about this. I know it's really hard to say like, oh yeah, 5,000 for a hundred K. 5,500 for 120, like it's hard to put those kind of numbers on it because engagement rate and their target demographic matters. But what are some of the things that someone who's looking to buy an Instagram account for someone should ask that person that they might not think of? Hey, bar and grill fans, it's Jim with Madhouse Bar Talk where me and my co-hosts sit around and talk about the things going on around Madhouse Bar and Grill in Elyria, Ohio. The whole conversation is unscripted, uncensored, and unedited. Anywhere where you stream podcasts, just remember, Madhouse Bar Talks, baby! Right. Well, as I mentioned at the beginning, the first thing that you want to do is you want to make sure you are negotiating for an Instagram account that is in good terms, that isn't, uh, hasn't received copyright or trademark strikes lately. Otherwise, you're buying like a data account. It's, it's, it's going to be a data account any, anytime disabled. Um, second thing is it should have an no original email or at least you should have access to it or know which email it was listed. Otherwise, the original owner can retrieve the account back from you even after years. I've had clients buying accounts and three years later getting them hacked back from the original sellers. So it's, it's, it's real. Yeah. Um, if, if, you know, you can 
check that, then you're most likely buying a, a liability rather than an asset. And you will most likely lose account either to the seller or to a hacker because you will not have the email. Um, third of all, I would, again, I would just make sure that you do all the legal paperwork so that you buy the account, uh, you know, committing to, to legal terms in, in relation to Instagram and, you know, asking the seller if they, were, they are okay with uh, having an agreement with a proof of release and then, you know, typing out the, all the agreement and information and, and letting Instagram know in the paper that the account is being transferred rather than sold, but it, the account is being transferred. Who, who cares if there was money involved? The account was transferred, period. Um, so that, that would be the, the three main things to be legally protected. Now the, the demographics are the other big uh, you know, importance. Um, you need to check that you're buying an account that is within the niche. There is many instances in which people grow meme accounts or babe accounts or, you know, different niches to, to whatever you may be interested in. And, you know, they grow 100,000 followers uh, because those, those niches, you know, grow very quick, very viral. And uh, well, in most cases, those niches have like a 90% male versus 10% female audience. And uh, if you're buying an account, you, you need to make sure that you're buying it for the right demographics. So what many people do is actually they archive or delete all the previous posts. And uh, let's say from a meme account, they delete all the posts. They post maybe 10 in the luxury niche. And then they sell you an account as a luxury account. And it isn't uh, because the audience was grown based on memes. And it did, at, the day, at the end of the day, it's only going to be 90% men. And 90% will be between the ages 17 and 24. So it may not be the right purchase for you. So every time you are looking into getting an account transferred to you, uh, just make sure that they send you proof of all the, the demographics. And uh, you know, if they have 100,000 followers and only three posts, don't think that's, that's fake followers. It's just mean that they probably archive, you know? Um, yeah, so maybe even asking for a screenshot of the archive posts is not a bad idea. Even though yeah. like that type of person might even screw around with that screenshot and Photoshop it. So um, that, that, that could also happen, which is yeah. why the, the, the safest way to track the history of an account would be with socialblade.com or IGblade. Uh, there's other tools like you, you can Google there, There's going to be like a hundred tools for that. And if the account owner de deletes a hundred pictures and they don't let you know, it's still going to show up in the public record of that. Um, you know, it's just when you're buying a car and there is public information available on how many crashes and, and interventions the car has had. You know, mm -hmm. that. So again, you, know, you just need to check uh, the, the, how, how, how in a good standing your account is and uh, you know, you'll be safe from there. Um, so again, it's not that if you go to an account that has 100,000 followers on only three posts, doesn't mean that it's fake. It could be, but that's not the only explanation. Other explanations is again, um, they could have archived or deleted a lot of posts. Another thing you can do to check that is uh, you can go into any person's account. You can click on the three dots on the top right and see um, about this account. And it will tell you if it had any former usernames. So if you're buying luxury.business and the previous name was meme.business, you know, it was on a different niche. Great, that's, great point. Okay. Yeah, that's public information, but not every big account uh, shows that it, it's it's like random. Mostly big accounts do. I, I haven't seen accounts with less than ten thousand followers with with that uh, with that option. I think Instagram only gives public information about big accounts because of the same thing. You know, because they're trying to sell it for 
big pricing and okay. And really uh, following that account for a while, like before you even inquire is one of the good ways to do it too. And just, you know, putting yourself in the follower's shoes and following them for a while just to check their credibility. So if someone reaches out to you just out of nowhere and says, Hey, do you want to buy an account? That's when you really want to do your due diligence um, rather than, oh yeah, I've been watching this account for years and now I'm going to inquire to them about buying their account. Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And the other thing is, um, I would ask people, uh, like if you're buying an account, ask the owner to post, uh, to do a post like like uh, recently so that you can see the live interaction with the engagement to see if the current followers and likes and comments align with the previous posts on the account. Because you know, many accounts inflate their numbers. They buy fake followers, they buy fake likes. And you may think I'm buying an account that has an average 10,000 likes, but those posts are six months old or, or five years old, I don't care. Um, so you have to see that it's, that account is maintaining at the moment you're buying it, the engagement that is being promised, you know, uh, a lot of people also archive the bad posts with, with low engagement. So they only have posts with 10, 20, 100,000 likes. And you think, wow, this account is amazing. But that may be only the, the, the 15 best posts ever in the account. Maybe they hit the another uh, 100 with 1,000 likes or 500 likes or 10 likes. I don't know. Um, so it's always good to ask for, for your seller to post uh, uh, something again just for you to make sure in real time that the engagement is, is coming along. Um, so Got that's, it. that's another factor. Okay. So, um, so that's a really good point. Cause I, I've even had some people reach out to me recently about asking about, uh, buying accounts and this is great information for anyone who's ever considered it. Um, most people though are obviously building their own account and, uh, your expertise is in understanding the algorithm and, and growing followers, um, in like massive amounts of followers. So, uh, let's talk about the algorithm first. And then we'll kind of go into, you know, how, how do you recommend people grow on Instagram in 2020? Because obviously it, it is more competitive than it was two, three, four years ago. Um, so what are some things with the algorithm that every time you like have a new client that you get on the phone with, there's just always something that they all think like, oh, this is my problem. But it's like been a big misconception that you have to debunk for them. Right. Well, if I had to select one thing and one thing only that matters the most when it comes to seeing a difference in growth, that is content. You know, I don't care how good your hashtags are or how many shoutouts you purchase or how many giveaways you join. Uh, with giveaways, you know, people will join not because of your content. They'll just join to get a free iPhone or makeup, whatever that you're looking into. But the thing is, the number one issue with clients that they come to me with is their content. As I told you before in the previous call, uh, this is probably something not many people like hearing, but most people's content is, isn't as good as they think it is. Um, and that's that's one of the main reasons why I, call, I jump into consultation call with clients because I have to jump into the call and let them know, hey, this photo is good, this photo is not good. You have to think of the color science. Um, I've, I've seen this a lot with, with professional photographers. Um, I tell them, look, uh, your content is so professional to a degree where it's too good for Instagram. Uh, you know, some some like uh, fine art photographers, uh, you know, posting for Nigeria, and I told them, look, your content isn't made for Instagram. Instagram is a little more casual, it's a little more flexible, it's a little more um, viral-ish. Um, so many pro photographers that I know in the game, 
they have less than 10,000 followers. Whereas I know a lot of digital artists with no real uh, skills in photography, they're just good as, 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 as with replacing skies or putting in fake moons, but they have a million followers. So I tell them, look, Instagram may not be the platform that you're looking into, but you know, either way, if you want to grow, you're going to have to switch your content strategy even by a bit because every tiny uh, like a difference is so important. Let me give you an example. There is a specific shade of blue in the sky that always performs good on Instagram, but there's other shades of blue that no matter how much you post, they don't perform well. Uh, if you've noticed, well, I'll give you the, the exact example. Um, turquoise colors, like tropical, uh, like Tiffany blue, kind of like uh, this kind of blue shades, they work really well on Instagram. Don't ask me why. It's just the the, um, the psychology of, of, of the audiences. Those colors do really well. But if you change, if you think of uh, other you know shades of blue, like uh, like some really strong blues, like um, like like in the logo from Chase from Chase Bank, that, that kind of blue is a little too aggressive. Um, so I also, the lighter blues that do better in the sky. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they do. Okay. Um, also daytime photos always perform better than, than nighttime photos. Um, and, and if you want to get like, like, uh, like, um, you know, to give more advice on this, um, photos with landscapes that show the sky rather than just like a single photo, like from a drone looking at, looking like, like, like to the bottom. They don't perform as well. I actually just posted a photo like that an hour ago. And it's not performing as well as, as photos that show uh, some kind of background. It, it's like layering. Layers. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh -huh. You have to show a background. You have to show like a, yeah, some kind of background. background. And you also need to show the sky. And those are the best like travel-based photos. But, you know, you can also implement that advice into lifestyle photos. You know, if you're going to take a photo of yourself as an influencer, make sure to show just a little sky. Uh, at least you know one third if you break in a uh, rule of thirds at least one third of the image of the sky because those photos perform better think about this uh think about the psychology of it if you're looking at your phone chances are you know most people look at their phones from from maybe three inches to, to 12 inches away that that's the ratio in between people look at their phones not far away not close on this um and the first thing that you want when looking at your phone on Instagram, is you want to see layering, you want to see space, you want to see things into the background. If everything is overlapped and it's like too, too in front of your face, people don't get a sense of, 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 uh, like a, of a 3D effect. And you want people to feel like they have space in that content, whether it's a photo, a video, IGTV, whatever it is. Um, so, because phone screens are very small. So, you know, they, they, don't, they don't want to see like very, very small spaces in there. So give them as much space as you can, give them layers, um, put in some skies. That's, that, that's like some, some advice based on uh -huh. that. Okay. What would you say to, uh, sometimes people will be like, do I need to post videos to grow on Instagram nowadays? Do I need to do carousel posts? Would you say that it's, it's almost not about that? It's still like, it doesn't matter how you deliver the content. It's just the quality of the content. Or have you seen anything with the algorithm in terms of, the type of post being favored. Yeah, both of them are correct. Your content, you know, should always be improved. That's gonna show a difference. But the kind of uh, the format in which you post it, you know, affects it a lot. There is an algorithm within Instagram that records every motion that you do and how much you use the availability of each uh, uh, feature of the app. 
And this is, uh, well, the, the, the baseline of this is the goodness score. I mean, many people, many people call it the trust score. And this score is based on how much you interact with the platform and how much you make your audience interact with the platform. So let's, let's give it a scale from zero to 100. And, and the minute you post, Instagram says, okay, here's 10 points. The minute you use a story, Instagram says, okay, here's another 10 points for using uh, more features. The moment you go live, hey, that's another 10 points. Thank you for using the app. Hey, you, 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 did, a, you did a caption with a, and you tagged two accounts and people went to look into two other accounts. You're using more features. Here's 10 points. Hey, you used to have hashtags. Here's 10 points. So the score is having as many points as you have. I'm, I'm just giving you like, like some round numbers. That's not the actual truth. Uh-huh. The point stays the same. The more you use the app, the more you will be rewarded. Um, so how are you going to get more points? by using all the features you have. Use as many hashtags as you can. Use all 30. The, 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 that's a myth that if you use the actual 30, Instagram will, will flag you. That's not true. Um, use all the 30 hashtags. Uh, you know, when, when, when you're posting an IGTV, that adds some more points. When you use carousels, that add more points. When you use standalone videos, that add more points. But when you only stick to photos, that takes points away from your score because Instagram says, hey, why am I giving you the opportunity to post videos and you're not doing that? Why am I giving you the opportunity to post stories if, I'm, if you're not using them? You know? Everything that Instagram is giving you, even story stickers, they're not just giving them to you for aesthetic purposes. They want to see if you're active. If you use polls on stories, guess what? Extra points. Mm-hmm. Um, so the more things you do, the more points you'll have. The more points you'll have, the more you're, you're the more the algorithm that is catering you and is, uh, you know, grabbing your information to, to regard how reliable, how trustworthy you are. I'll say, okay, it seems like you're using a lot of the app. You have a lot of points added. Um, I think you're a genuine person, a genuine profile. Um, therefore, I'm going to open up your post to a broader audience. Uh, like the general is like between 0.3 and five, maybe 10% of your organic audience. But the more trustworthy you are, the more it will open up. It doesn't happen uh, like overnight. It's sporadic. And it, it happens per post. Instagram, during the first 15 minutes and the first hour, gives you access to a very selective portion of your audience. It's like a test. Instagram will see, okay, let's see how many people engage with this, with this uh, content within the first hour. And if the first portion of the audience based on their feedback and on engagement, it tells me that it's really good, then I'm going to continue pushing it. And if it reaches a special milestone, I'm going to put it in the Explore page and in the Future page and uh, in other people's pages. Um, so that's how it's based. Um, first to a selective audience, and if it passes tests, then uh, it'll open up. So that's a really long answer, but to answer your question, you have to use every feature that Instagram gives you in order for them to let you know that in order for you to let them know that, that, that you're serious about the app, that you are trying to get as many features as you can you know, into the game, and that's how it will happen. So to that's a question, great answer. You have, use, you have to use every feature in this engagement. Great answer. Yeah, because I, it, it wasn't like such a uh, cut and dry answer that people want. Like, yeah, yeah, use videos. Oh, yeah, IGTV is the secret. But it's more that using these features is, innate, is helping out your trust score and just showing Instagram that you're serious. So using IGTV a little bit sometimes will help your regular posts using more story posts, using the stickers features. If they come out with like the stay at home sticker, or if they come out with a new sticker, they use the new effects 
uh, even if it doesn't trend that piece of content, it helps everything. So awesome. Really, really like that. Uh, something else that, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to get a, uh, a copy of the guide from John and uh, it's one of the things that he's known for, for producing is a, an all encompassing, like pretty much updated to the T algorithm guide. And I was going through it and parts of it is things that people don't consider with the algorithm is it's not just about what you do, but what you don't do, right? Mm -hmm. Scrolling past something without liking it. Talk to us a little bit about that side of things. Right. Well, here's the thing. Uh, and I have it written down because it's a lot of things. Um, there is over 10 algorithms. So let me list them for you. Um, hold on a second. Just pulling in my, my own guide because I forget about things that I, I speak a lot. Uh, let me see. I remember I sent it to you. Here it is. So there is over 10 algorithms. Um, you know, they implement the, the algorithms all the time. You know, there is this misconception, like there is only one algorithm that sells, serves all purposes and that's just not true. So let me run this down just really quick. Uh, this is gonna be a lot of information, but you have never heard of this before. Yes. Algorithm number one is Facebook data sharing. This algorithm specializes in understanding who you are based on your usage of Facebook, not on Instagram, but on Facebook which includes, uh, and I have it listed here in, in the guide that is available, uh, includes your Facebook email, your Facebook friends, your Facebook name, who you block on Facebook, your Facebook login credentials to see if they match with Instagram or these different uh, passwords. Um, they grab your birth date from, from Facebook. They grab which friends congratulate you on your birthday. They grab your time zone. They grab your, your friends list. They grab, they compare a list of, of friends of yours that are versus the ones who aren't on Instagram. That's why the minute you open Instagram, when you, when you register you know, through Facebook, it tells you a list of friends who are on Instagram. But later on, it also tells you a list of friends that are not on Instagram, and you're invited to send them an invitation to join Instagram as well. That's, that's this algorithm. Okay. Uh, this algorithm also knows your gender and age, uh, your country, your city, your language, even your religion, if you listed your religion in your profile. Um, so it's also also Facebook pages, Facebook groups. That's that's just one algorithm alone. Uh huh. So <laughs> that's totally true. If people like your business Facebook page, they're gonna get suggested to like follow you on Instagram because they're like, oh, we see that you engage with them on Facebook. So all right, the two apps are the same. Yeah, that's that's algorithm number one. Okay, <laughs> that's just one. Um, I'm I'm not gonna list all the algorithms. Otherwise, I'm I'm like. This call is gonna last for hours. Yeah. But there is a, a very important algorithm, which is the one that people don't, don't understand, pattern recognition algorithm. And this means that um, they use a combination of, of uh, like pixel software in which they understand what kind of content you're browsing, you're consuming, but they also understand things that you're doing, not necessarily knowing that you do. Like for example, Instagram knows how many hours a day you spend on the phone. You don't count them, but Instagram has a count on them. So Instagram knows things about you that even you don't know. And you know, more recently, the iPhone has like a special a section within the battery usage which tells you your phone screen usage. It tells you which apps you use a day. You can even like uh, include uh, like a restriction. Hey, I don't want to use Instagram more than two hours a day. And, and then, you know, you get a notification. 
that's only Apple catching up with what Instagram was used to doing already. And Instagram knows how many hours a day you spend on Instagram. Like, if you have seen uh, like these tiny browsing cookies, like when you go from Facebook to Instagram, um, on the top left of the screen, it tells you if, you if you would like to go back to Facebook, right? Well, Instagram knows if you joined, uh, if you clicked on a link to Instagram from Facebook or vice versa. Um, there, there is a lot of things involved. But the thing about this algorithm is that it tracks everything that you do with your fingers, every motion that you do, uh, you know, photos that, that you zoom in with your, with, your, with your actual fingers, photos that you stay looking at for a minute, but you don't click on, well, you don't tap on the like button. Instagram can even see comments that you start typing and you don't send. Yes. Wow. <laughs> they're like oh that's a half point of engagement because you almost posted something but yeah ran out of time to comment <laughs> so, yeah so it's just uh i mean it, it's basically like they've just been putting all of their energy into what else can we do to track what content people like what other little metric as apart from oh yeah if they like it all the time then we'll show them more of that and it just goes off of that and like an example that i was making with you on the phone before is yeah. um <laughs> like this is something that you, a, a lot of people might be able to think of. Maybe you have like an ex or uh, like that you, you see their content and you don't want to like it, but because you might stop on it for a second or, you know, mess, like just look at it for longer than most content, it still might make them show up at the top of your feed. And they'll also see that you have probably lots of DMs and stuff in the past or for a lot of guys that would get in trouble for liking a bikini picture. So they're like, oh no, I don't want my girlfriend to catch me. But they stay on the photo for a while and uh, don't actually engage with it. It still got tracked. And one thing that we were like, th this is straight theory, but the fact that they have access to your camera might even be using the facial recognition to see how your face reacts to a photo. Again, pure guess right unless you know something about that for sure but that's it wouldn't surprise me at least yeah well well as you said it's all theory also on my end it's also theory but it's that kind of theory that can be backed up by a lot of research and by yeah. many people so it's like like theory in the realm of not real just because it has it hasn't been disclaimed by them but it, it's like theory that is most likely to be true anyway um but if you think about it, and this is just to clarify, you know, people like, like, I don't want like Tim Hall have researchers and people like that going to this like, oh my God, I'm going to delete Instagram and I'm going to tell my kids to block Instagram. There is three reasons why Instagram has so many algorithms and why it's catering so much and taking your information. Thing number one, they want to stick to only good accounts. They don't want spam accounts. They don't want porn accounts. They don't want bad accounts. Thing number two, they want to better focus on ads, you know, cater for yourself. So if they're grabbing so much information, it's not for them to sell it to any government or any theory like that. It's just for them to know, well, if this guy is enjoying a lot of pictures of dogs, well, I think I'm going to, to show him some Petco ads, you know, at some point. That's, that's why they do it. They don't do it for any unethical or blacked reason. The only reason they do it is so they can offer you better ads. Because the if their advertisers aren't profitable, then the advertisers stop advertising. So they, they want the advertiser to be profitable. So that's, yeah. that's the only and way they keep them on. Exactly. And if you think about it, 
when was the last time you saw an ad on Instagram other than, than, from, than from ads on your feed? There is no pop-up ads. There is no Google ads. Instagram doesn't say, hey, send me $10 a month to, to, for your account to, to be you know, available. And uh, the thing we have to understand is that's the price we're paying to have that platform for free. Instagram will show us ads from time to time. That's totally fine. It's organic ads at least, you know. They're not going to be showing me ads that I'm not interested in. And, and if they do, it means that I have uh, unintentionally confused the algorithm, which means that the account is in bad terms. But they do it because they want to show you better ads. The more ads we have, the more Instagram will have a budget to continue running for years. So I'm all up for ads. I want ads, you know. As long as I can have the, the app for free, I want ads. Yeah. The third reason why it's important, and I am pro for uh, you know having Instagram know so much about my profile is um, there is a billion and something users, probably a billion and a half already, and there is over a billion photos posted like a day on Instagram. It's it's ridiculous. I don't know. It's probably less than that, but you get you know you know what I mean. Um, and if you think about it, well, if I'm posting a hashtag, I post a photo of my shoes, I use the hashtag shoe. How on earth will Instagram know which of the one, one billion users to show this picture to? So um, there is a huge cloud of information on whom is posting a photo and whom is receptive to enjoying the photo. And there is a billion people involved in this cloud. The reason why Instagram has so much information is because they want to show the right kind of photo of a shoe to the right kind of audience that will enjoy that photo of a shoe. Uh, so again, the, the beautiful pages that you follow, uh, you know, of, 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 of travel, of luxury, of, of motivators, that whatever niche you're in, the reason why Instagram won't show that to you is because they have the information available to know what you like. So again, I'm all pro information. Uh, you know, it's just technology. It's just an investment. There is no black hat theories involved. Instagram isn't selling your email to anybody else. Um, it's just for the sake of showing better ads and showing better quality accounts to more people. So that's the three reasons why they do it. And all of those go into to keep you on Instagram as long as possible because they're they're not dumb to oh yeah TikTok and whatever might come up. You know they want to still be here in ten years because social media platforms can get overrun at points and um they just want it to be the best user experience overall like people think oh it's all about making money but that is that is the byproduct for every single business every business that is just based on we just need to make money how do we do that they're not going to last at long at all so so many times like in facebook groups i'll get into arguments with people they're like no they're everything they do is just to make money and it's like it's not because otherwise they wouldn't be a successful business. It's to create an app that people love to be on and stay on. And then the money's a byproduct. Um, and I encourage anyone running a business to, to think of their business that way. What can I, what problem am I solving? And then the money's just going to follow. Um, but you know, inappropriate content. And the first thing you said, the second one with the relevant ads and the third one with just relevant content, those three things are all the only way someone is going to keep scrolling and keep opening Instagram. So yeah, really like yeah. that. Mm -hmm. Anything else to add to that before I move on to the next section here? Um, yeah. Well, you have to remember that in order to succeed on Instagram, they don't ask you for money. They only ask you to stay active, right? That's the number one thing to, to, to grow. And uh, to, once you're grown, you know, to, to maintain and continue the health of your account. The only thing is Instagram asks from you is for you to stay active 
and help people be active on the app. That's why the more you use, you know, all these interactions and engagement tricks, um, Instagram will say, hey, here's a special like benefit for you for helping us, you know, having more people in the app attending the, the, the platform. All Instagram wants is to have people stay within the app as long as possible. Yeah, yep, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, here, here's a big question for you. Uh, yeah. Probably one that people are going to be chomping at the bit to hear the answer. What would you recommend to an account that is under 10,000 followers that wants to grow quick? And uh, I, this, this answer may vary depending on the business type. What is your number one strategy for someone who is like, I just started a new account or, or you know, I'm just under 10,000 at all and I need to get over 10,000 in the quickest way possible without yeah. doing it by you know, violating any terms. What is your favorite strategy for doing so? Right, well, before I answer that, I wanna disclose the things that you shouldn't be doing, first of all, because they're against uh, Instagram terms of use. Uh, I know a million people who buy fake followers, their first 10,000, they buy them fake. Um, and they say, well, I just need some uh, social proof and I want access to this type of link. And you know, from, from follower 10,001, then I'll start growing organically. But guess what, you aren't, because you already screwed up your account by putting in fake numbers and the algorithm already knows. Uh, so essentially your goodness score is zero or even a minus. Um, so before I answer what things to do, I'm, I'm telling you what things really not to do. Otherwise, you're gonna be wasting money, time and resources. Don't buy any fake followers, not even one, not even when you already have a million followers, they never work, they never do anything. And the only thing you're going to accomplish is when you have brands looking into sponsoring you, once they notice, they're going to shut you off. Um, so never buy fake followers under any circumstances at all. Now, the second thing is um, many people say, well, uh, I've heard from cheap uh, gurus telling me that follow and follow is a thing. My answer is yes and no. No, because it violates Instagram terms of use. So I would never recommend it. And uh, in most cases, I would never recommend it. But the only instance in which it works is in very, very, very sub-niched uh, industries. Uh, maybe you have a bakery and you found another Instagram page that is your competitor's bakery and it's in front of you and they already have 5,000 uh, 5, followers. Only in that case would I follow a lot of people to grab their attention because I depend on a physical place and... I can target ads based on my corner street. You know, I, I need, it's, it's so filtered down, so exact to, a, you know, to maybe like a 300 feet radius that Instagram ads or paying for shadows will not help me because it's, again, very filtered out. It, just in that sense, I would follow a lot of people to get their attention, but not to, to unfollow in the future. Because again, if you unfollow somebody, they'll just unfollow you back again. So it's like, mm -hmm. a, you know, it's like a, a mousetrap. Um, so again, just to, to keep things legal, if you're going to follow a lot of people, do it because you genuinely want to help them or you have a genuine service that you really want them to try. So don't just follow them and think, okay, I have 5,000 followers now, but I also have 5,000 following. That also looks bad. But if you're gonna follow somebody, then personally message the person, hey, we open a new bakery. I'm not trying to you know, get, uh, you know, like clients away from that business coming to mind, but I generally think that my bakery is good or even better. And hey, here's a $10 of coupon in your first $100 purchase. You know, be more genuine than, okay, follow. I hope he comes and purchase. <laughs> that, that's not gonna happen if you don't put in time. Yeah. Um, so again, 
only, only if it's for like you have such a niche demographic that you're looking for that it could make sense and even then you don't do like a hundred follows and a hundred unfollows in a day you know you would do it like so sparingly it's just that that tactic has worked and like five years ago it probably was one of the better things that you could do just because instagram wasn't aware of it yet but now they're hyper aware of it and uh, it, do you know, like I, I kind of tell people like, don't do more than 50 follows or 50 unfollows a day, even though that number is probably higher. I just say that to like be safe. Do you have like yeah. a general number that you tell people to stay away from? Yeah. So many friends coming from having purchased courses from other marketers, they say like, well, I read the rule is 200 an hour or 50 every 50 minutes. All of that is BS. Instagram has been, you know, put a de facto number on that. I base it based on, on actions. So every time you go to your phone, let, let's say you're watching a movie and you pause the movie because your pizza arrived. You say, well, I'm, I'm going to grab my phone while my, my family goes down and, and takes a pizza. That is an action. That's an interaction. You grab your phone, you'll follow five people. You continue watching the movie. You know, you pause the movie because somebody went to the bathroom. Then 30 minutes away, you grab your phone, you follow other people. That's another interaction. Every time you go grab your phone and do something, that's an interaction. That's how Instagram based. Um, you can do like maybe five, maybe seven, maybe 10, sometimes even 20. Um, it's based on that. If you go and, and you follow 20 people during one interaction, uh, that's fine. If you have another interaction in three minutes and you do another 20 people, you're most likely going to get flat. So it's not based per hour. It's not based per minute. It's per time you have. And it's overall actions. So like yeah. sometimes people will say, I just got like blocked, but I only liked like 10 people in the last hour. But it's probably yeah. because you like 10 people, you followed seven, you commented on eight and you unfollowed this many and you did this. And it's just that cumulative amount of actions was just, it's more that. That, that would make sense for a lot of people that I've dealt with because they're like, I only yeah. did like, like eight comments because <laughs> I've had someone, you can get like blocked even from liking the comments yes. on your post if you do too many yes. of that. So it's just they, a total action. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they accumulate, not to a degree where if you follow 40 people, it, it means that you're going to do two likes and you'll, you'll get like blocked. It doesn't work like that. But it certainly increases your chances of getting blocked as a general. Um, if you do only comments, you're gonna get an action block message saying, hey, you got comment blocked. You know, it's specific, specifically for comments. Um, and those are prioritized in based on how harmful they are. Uh, the quickest action you can do to get blocked is comments. Comments are so, so weighted in, in terms of the algorithm. You can get away with 100 follows. You can get away with 50 likes, but you can only get away with and comments if you're lucky. Mm. So not every action counts the same way into the algorithm. Um, but again, that's the most common bot action that people set up because it's the thing that yeah. they don't want to do. Yeah. Right. So, okay. That makes sense. And if you want me to be even more specifically, the number one thing that gets people action comment blocked is because they're copying pasting comments. And Instagrams can, can, can realize two things. If you're commenting too fast, and if you're commenting the same thing. If, 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 if you post a photo and you, know, you have 50 people that say, hey, this is an awesome photo, and you have like a template saying, thank you so much, I hope you enjoyed it, and you copy it and paste it on, 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 on all your comments replying, 
by the time you post the fifth one, you're going to get comment blocked. Instagram will not tell you, hey, you're posting the same caption all the time, but Instagram will realize it anyway and say, hey, you're a comment block because you're not being genuine. We want you to be in the app so you can actually type with your fingers. We don't want you to, to be fast. Remember, Instagram doesn't want you to be over with fastly and then go watch a movie again. Instagram wants you to put in the time. Um, I got comment block uh, years back because I had 10 comment templates, you know, replying, thank you so much, I hope you enjoyed, blah, 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 things like that. So I could reply really fast and Instagram, you know, caught me on that. So I stopped doing automated replies. And I'm not saying automated by, by doing tools, but I have my, my template replies. And uh, that doesn't work anymore. But nowadays, you have template DM replies. Like, it's called quick replies, I think. Yeah, yeah, correct. Instagram starting doing that because you realize, well, it may be true. There's a lot of people who don't have the time to put this in. So rather than us allowing third-party apps to automate or people just going to their notes, if they're going to do it anyway, well, let's, let's help them a bit, you know? Because when you are on Instagram and you go back to your notes app and you copy something, you're already lost because you, you, you stop using Instagram for five seconds. So by using quick replies within Instagram, Instagram knows that they caught you even more in the loop. So, so you know, for all that, my- on that topic real quick, do you recommend people keep their hashtags in their notes folder or not do that because it kind of shows that they're like, I'm doing a post, I go into my notes, I grab the hashtags, I come back. Yeah. Not in the notes folder. I'm going to show you a really quick trick. Um, this trick will probably also work for Android, although I, I've never used Android, to be honest. So if you're on your iPhone and uh, you go to general keyboard, and on their keyboard, there is something called text replacement. Uh, you can see I have a lot of templates. Yeah. I, have a lot, I have over 100. And not only for hashtags. This, this is like... This is like advice for any business you ever run in your life, in or outside Instagram. Um, I have a text replacement a shortcut for my PayPal email. So it's, it. P, it's, it's P, F. Nice. So if, if a client says, hey, I, I'm about to go to bed, but I want to pay you for the shadow for tomorrow, at send got it. it took me two seconds to write my whole email and that way i will also avoid you know doing typos i've also had instances in which my clients say hey i paid you three days ago what's going on i said i didn't get in payment and they're like yeah i sent the, the payment to another can say hey you had a type on the on the on your on the email i never got the payment but like i told you well just copy and paste my email so again this is this is just like uh you know speed and, and yeah just, you know so for anyone that's listening on the podcast and doesn't see the video of what he's showing, um, basically you can go into your phone. I don't know if it's on Android either, I know, but it's on iPhone. And usually anything that's popular on iPhone will get you know, picked up by Android and, and vice versa. Uh, but you can go into your keyboard shortcuts and basically you could make it where, let's say I'm doing an entrepreneur group of hashtags and I would just type in entrepreneur space. I probably wouldn't want to do that because that's a word that I actually want to use sometimes but you can make like a code where it's like E75 and then you would press like space and then it would just be like, boom, here's your group of hashtags. So you just create these keyboard shortcuts where if I type in these two to five letters or however many you wanna do, then actually put this. So rather than leaving the app to go to your note section and grabbing it, like this is making, making it quicker too and also not showing Instagram that you're leaving the app for a little bit. Um, so it's, you know, you can do this with your group of hashtags. You can do this 
uh, what he was saying before with the new quick reply feature is when you go to your DM, you'll probably see something uh, like that Instagram is promoting it because it is, you know, in the last month or two uh, yeah. from what I've seen that it's a new feature where if you're a business that is, you know, answering a common, let's say customer service problem, hey, can you give me the directions to your store? And then you could be like directions space and or return. I'm not sure what the last key that you press is. Is it return or on, on, on quick replies within Instagram? Yeah, quick reply. All you need to do is click on it and it will automatically add into the text and all you need to do is click send. Okay. Uh, when do you, you type in something or do you uh, like select from a list of replies? You select from a list. Okay, got it. So you can create this list of like, here's like when someone asks for directions, here's like our reply. When someone asks for, hey, hey how can I pay you for your services? Whatever you get commonly asked, um, it's just because they want to make sure it's an actual person, not a robot doing it, rather than you going over to notes and copying and pasting it over and they don't know how the hell you got that text copied so quickly. And what do you know? You sent the exact same thing to all these different people. So that's probably an automation software. They know that it's not an automation software when you set it up as a quick reply and you can just go through that list and click, click on that button. So hopefully that makes sense to you guys listening to the, the podcast. Anything to add to that, John, or do you think I explained it? Let me, let me illustrate that with a little example. Uh, I run a marketing for uh, my associate's private jet company. And, you know, uh, these kind of clients, they are like, they're running a lot on time. They don't have too much time to, to, to discuss tax. They just say, hey, I want a private jet. I'm going here to there. So I have a quick reply. Hey, can you please list me your dates of travel? your uh the amount of passengers and the return and date times on airports i have this and a quick reply first of all the client is in need of, of, of uh you know how fast they can move second of all i don't have time to type that out every time like five times a day third of all it looks professional because i also have like a signature on the bottom and, and you know takes me five seconds at the end of the day this is not an instagram tip this is a business optimization tip it's all about optimizing your time i even have a text replacement shortcut for my address. Why? Because I get sponsored all the time. Hey, I want to send you a watch. I had a watch that sent me there last week. Um, say, hey, I want to send you a watch. Can you give me the address? Boom, boom, boom. Four letters is there. Um, ah, you're, you're so fast. Well, I just don't, yeah, I'm really fast. They don't know. <laughs> yeah, yes, I am. <laughs> yeah. um, I have, uh, this is just a, a general business advice. I have a text replacement for my physical address. I have a text replacement for thank you for exactly whatever, like, like Reliance. I have text replacement for each of my niche hashtags. So in, in my hashtags, I use the codes uh, letter plus, uh, you know, the, the, the hashtag sign. So uh, what, uh, what is that called in English? Uh, the, the hashtag thing? Um, uh, we like, just call it hashtag, I believe, or the yeah. pound, pound. Pound, yeah, pound. Yeah. Okay. I have a lot. Of I haven't said that in so long. Yeah. I was like, "Oh yeah, I forgot." <laughs> um, that, that was like, I, yeah, I use the word hashtag already. And I, I forgot about pound. Uh, I haven't used it in a while. So I have um, that's a combination of letters that I use in my text replacement. So a letter plus pound or, or hashtag. Uh, let's say, for example, P pound. I know that it's travel a travel hashtag set. L pound. I know that it's my luxury set. F pound. I know it's my fitness set. Um, C pound is my car set and pound is my motivation set. I have over 50 hashtag sets in my phone for 50 different niches. And again, it's and easy. You modify a few typically, would you say? 
You don't well, use the exact same tags every time you do a car post, but you might start with the base of car tags and then modify. Yeah, well, I, I also have C1, C2, C3. I have like so, so many of them. Okay. I have so many iterations of that. Um, for example, my personal daily hashtag set is E, you know, pound as explorer because I know that's the easiest one to remember. And the thing is, you have to really remember which text to be using to replace them. Otherwise, you once you post and you got to paste your comments, your, your hashtags in the comments, you're going to be like, oh, no, it wasn't this one. Oh, no, it wasn't this one. Oh, let me go to my text replacement section on settings. And let me remember, you already lost a valuable minute of time. So use the easiest, maybe one, maybe two, two, two letter. Don't do one. Otherwise, you're going to be pasting your hashtags accidentally everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, like a difficult, difficult uh, you know, combination of that so that you remember. The more you stay within the app, the better and the more you optimize your business again the better um i try to post as efficiently as, as i can um i was doing account with my friend and by using this replacement i have saved ten thousand minutes a year just with wow. this replacement. ten thousand wow thank you that adds up <laughs> quick that's killer man i mean uh, a lot of people when they're a newer business don't really value their time yet because it's not worth that much and if it takes this long to post or whatever it it doesn't matter to them but i mean the sooner you can just adapt the concept of time is money the better like when you're a big business owner you like totally like yes absolutely like i'll delegate this delegate this delegate this um but most people like it, it does come with you taking a leap of faith into the delegation before you need to do it you want to delegate before you need to do it um but before you delegate too, what's everything little trick that you can do to just save minutes and seconds um, really adds up. Even if it just buys you some extra family or free time at the end of the day, it, it's going to help you that you get to, you know, take your free time by eight versus 11 or, or you know, <laughs> I like to work late, but even yeah. if you don't take free time, then you get more done. So no matter what, saving time is always something that you should do. Um, yeah. So really like that. Um, so what I would kind of like to conclude with is a lot of people, they think like, I, I remember like a friend of mine said, Oh, like once, if you get a hundred thousand Instagram followers, you're, you're set. Like you don't even have to have a job. Like you make so much money, but it's, you know, followers don't pay the bills. It's how you're able to monetize. And a lot of people just like, they don't understand. They're like, I don't get like, all right, how does this person, how does this girl that has a million followers, how does she even like make money? Like, where does it come from? So talk about some of the ways that people monetize, mostly specifically to the ones that a lot of people don't capitalize on because you've said that you've toured over 30 countries because of Instagram. And I know it's not just because you're like, oh yeah, I saw a post for like 50 bucks and then I post it for 50 bucks. You're doing other things to monetize your following. So yeah. tell, tell us about monetizing following. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Um, well, as you said, firstly, uh, you know, Instagram will not pay us for now for, for running an account. Um, although that's coming into the platform soon, Instagram will monetize HTV. Although most uh, niche accounts like repost accounts or fan pages will not apply. Uh, um, Maybe uh, like 100K followers and up or something like that. No, I'm not saying that like it's based on followers. It's based on how genuine your content is. So essentially, Instagram will not let you monetize reposted content. Um, so again, some pages uh, will will uh, you know will be applied will, will apply. Other pages will not apply. Um, 
but that's coming into you know into Instagram in the next couple of months. I, only IGTV, not random videos, no uh, no stories. Only IGTV will pay. How much will pay? I can't guess more than maybe I don't know fifty bucks out of a hundred thousand views. I, I don't know how much that is in cents per view. Yeah. You, you can do your own count, um, but they'll pay. You know. Uh, when the time comes, but this is actually a very good question. You know, all the time I go into parties or you know family meetings, like, how do you make money if Instagram doesn't pay you? Like, what do you do? Or, or people think that Instagram pay you as, as YouTube does, and the answer is plain no. Because it's not like YouTube yet, like you're saying there, where it's just oh yeah, views pays me. It will be, but, but not for now. So the only answer is uh, you know, you don't monetize Instagram by your audience. You monetize Instagram by the business you implement behind the audience and whatever products you're pushing doesn't have to be a physical product uh you don't need to be making six figures only once you reach a million followers um i have a really good friend a client of mine who got his first sponsored trip to um i think it was to japan can you remember before he had uh 15 000 followers so and i know friends with one, with one million followers who have never been uh, approached by companies asking for a free trip so again it's not just the amount of followers you have it's uh, how good your content is, how good your engagement is, how reliable you are, how, how much of uh, integrity you have. Uh, if you're not a sellout or you're posting too many shout outs or, or, or on inorganic ads or things that look bad on your account. Because you think about it, one million people that follow you, uh, if you turn against you, that's one million people reporting you. <laughs> so uh, think about it, it goes both ways. So you have to be really careful with that. Um, there's many ways to monetize accounts. It depends on the niche, as you said. It depends on whether you want to make quick money and sell the account and get out of the business, or you want to be like really slow, like a really slow, painstaking account build-up. Uh, but it's gonna take you two years to push your product. But once it does, you're gonna sell a million dollars. It depends. It depends. If if you're in need for quick money, the the, the plain answer is yes. There's ways you can sell shoutouts, but you're not really going to squeeze the benefit of Instagram in the long term. But you know, if you want to do that, that to whomever that, that applies, that's okay. Um, yes, a link in bio, and I mean, a, a link swipe up, that's important, but I know people that have monetized five figures with less than 10,000 followers. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, many people monetize heavily by selling courses on how to, to, to trick other people into making money. It's a stupid, you know, vicious circle it's like hey i'll teach you how to make money if you pay me and the only reason why they're successful is because they're getting paid by other people ownership to, to how make money it, it's it's stupid i could tell you the names of 10 marketers who are, are selling courses on how to make money and that's how they're making money by selling the, the course on how to make money um <laughs> without having with like you know courses can be great but they can also be put on by people who shouldn't you know just like literally everything out there uh there's products made by great companies and products made by poor but yeah, if they haven't made money before making the course then it's what yeah. are you this on yeah and unfortunate thing uh that things like uh people like you and i run into is people that come hurt to us because they want uh, us as coaches but they're already scared because their previous mentors and coaches they heard them they scanned them they didn't get them the right info uh again I, i'm not supposed to call out names because i'm not that kind of person but uh, you know, it, it doesn't mean that every marketer is the same. And, you know, if you're buying a course, just make sure that the person who made the course has the credentials and the proof that he achieved, not that he bought, but that he achieved his numbers because many people can buy numbers, you know, 
um, I can buy a, a gas company and tell that I've sold a billion barrels, a barrels of, of oil, but I bought the company. It doesn't mean that I produce a barrel. So, you know, it's, it's a stupid example, but just make sure that you're buying from uh, a worthy person. Um, and with that said, many new people come into the business thinking, well, I'll just draw an account to 10,000 followers and I'll, I'll start my own agency. Well, let me tell you one thing. You can't run an Instagram agency if you don't know how to do Instagram at all. Um, and I've seen this many times in Instagram uh, courses and, and Facebook groups. Hey, I just started my agency. How do I get clients? Well, if you don't know how to get clients, then maybe you shouldn't start an agency at all. So my first advice to people who are looking to starting is apply for an internship and another agency, learn the business for six months, and then start your agency. But don't try to sell bullshit because you don't know anything yet to offer to your clients. You're only going to get chargebacks. Your reputation is going to go down the line and you're not going to achieve anything at all if anything so build a portfolio do a, a free internship you know for another agency or try to get a, a client for free and say hey i'll do your first month for free if you let me use this as a case example and you know starting from the second month maybe you'll decide to pay me if my services are good enough but you know don't, don't open an agency setting because well i have ten thousand followers therefore i may be good at this you know it doesn't mean that at all there's a million accounts with ten thousand followers if not even more um, so if you are growing an account because you want to start an agency, don't just grow the account, but try to get some in-field experience. Try to ask other people, try to get free clients that, that they'll, they'll pay with later on during time, but try to build a name first before you have an agency. That's, that's if you want to, you know, monetize through an agency. The, the other thing would be, uh, you can learn Instagram ads and sell ads to your clients and you know, optimizing ads for other people. Again, that's more on the agency side of things, uh -huh. but that's also doable, you know. Again, most people go quickly for quick money, you know, selling quick shoutouts. That's fine. That's easy money. It takes you two minutes. But it's just hard to make like five k a month doing that. You know, you might like if you're selling yeah. posts for like, you know, they're like in the motivational niche. I get like a lot of people asking me like, "Do you need paid shoutouts?" And um, remind me again to bring up paid shoutouts because I think we might need to address one question earlier a little bit about growing under ten k a little bit more. I think we just kind of talked about what not to do. And I think I moved on to it. Um, but uh, with the, like, they'll be like, it's $8 for a story or like 15 for a regular, you know, they have like a hundred K followers. And it's like, that must've taken forever. And even if you sell like four posts a day, every day of the week, you're still making like less than $2,000 a month. So it's kind of like, it's not a big money maker, but how are like some, like between like, like drop shipping, affiliate marketing, um, and uh or, or like maybe something that i'm not thinking of or like getting some kind of pro, uh, a sponsored deal where you're like repping for a big company that's actually willing to pay out w yeah. what are some of the ways that um you know let's say like let's take you for example someone who's like they got 5k followers and what they've been doing is just posting skateboard videos over and over right they post viral skateboard videos and they're a repost account and they got 5000 followers and they're like, yeah. I don't have a product. I don't have any money to buy an inventory. How would you tell them to monetize in the quickest way? Well, if you're in a niche, then I would do affiliate marketing, although that's not very powerful as it used to be years ago. And the reason is we have saturated the platform already. There's too many influencers. There's already a lot of people doing uh, you know, that, that, that kind of monetization. And it's not as effective as it was to you. So, um, yeah, you can reach for sponsors, but uh, sadly, you know, sponsors will more likely look at you if you already have a bigger following. But it doesn't mean that you shouldn't try, because again, I also have friends, you know, with 10, less than ten thousand followers, 
that are sponsored by GoPro. But again, it's because they have good content. It doesn't happen because they have five thousand fake followers or anything. Again, coming back to the, the, the cornerstone of everything, that is content. Um, affiliate marketing is one. Uh, I know a lot of friends who are killing it on dropshipping, but again, they bought courses and they learn how to dropship for themselves. And maybe they make 100K a year, but they spend four, four, uh, 40K a year on ads. So it doesn't mean that's actual profit. Uh, so just, again, if you're gonna buy a course, buy a, a dropshipping board, just make sure that their numbers you know, make sense. Uh, or then they're not using other people's success into their own. Um, Dropshipping is one. Um, most of my friends, you know, make money through, you know, selling agency, uh, you know, stuff, courses, consultations. Uh, but again, you have to really have proof in order for somebody to say, hey, I'll, I'll pay you 250 just because uh, you're going to give me in exchange one hour of your time for advice. It happens. I, I get clients like that every single hour. But the thing is, uh, have to build a repetition of that. If you want to monetize with less than 10,000 followers, your best bet is affiliate and dropshipping, like hands up. And really the answer, I think why it's so hard to like, how do we answer this without like talking for hours, you know, like what's a condensed version is because Instagram's a traffic source and they're not the ones paying you. So whatever business you want to do at all, Instagram is the traffic source to find the customers. So it's, you know, it, it really is just like, oh, how do you monetize? Well, if you have a pet store, you get people and then you drive them to your pet store. If you have a e-commerce site, you find people and you drive them to your e-commerce site. And it's really, it's a traffic source. Um, mm -hmm. But when it comes down to like influencers is the only one that's actually able to monetize like just solely because of Instagram, you know? Mm -hmm. So is there anything apart from, like the million uh, follower influencers, what are they, is there anything else they're doing that uh, besides affiliate marketing and uh, paid shout outs? Well, yeah, many of them, including me, are sponsored by big brands. Uh, but the thing is, they're hurting the industry because uh, as you just noticed, many, many companies approach you uh, looking at exchange of services. I want to give you a free product in exchange for a free feature. And that's, I mean, that's okay sometimes if you're building up your name, but it hurts the bigger influencers because I have brands saying, hey, I'll give you a t-shirt if you post me. Like, my post costs a little more than a t-shirt. So uh -huh. maybe I'll take a t-shirt and a thousand dollars. How does that sound? And they're like, no, we're, we're not used to that. We work with another guy that has twice your followers. And they said, okay, that's not my fault. I have my own pricing. If you want to work with me, that's my own pricing. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, if you're looking to start like that, most chances are that, that you're going to start by an, a free exchange of services without money involved. But as you scale up, you really need to start charging your prices. And again, many people undervalue their, their prices. You know, kids selling, as you said, eight posts for $50. I know uh, mom bloggers charging 500 for a post and they have over under 100K. So again, there's just no... The, the, the real worth, the real value. So don't undervalue yourself, you know, learn some negotiation skills. But if you undervalue yourself, you're not hurting yourself. You're asking the rest of the people, you know, the, the whole industry. So mm -hmm. that's, that's one of the ways. Yeah. And uh, for, for those of you guys listening to that are curious on like how to, how to get paid a decent amount for even having a small following, if you go back and listen, I can't remember what episode it is, but it's called How to Become a Local Micro Influencer. She has uh, like 11K followers at the time of the recording and charging a couple hundred bucks per post pretty effectively. Um, so check out that episode for some further details on that. 
Um, so before we wrap up, I think there's just, uh, I was trying to remember, I'm like, wait, what was like, if we boiled it down to one answer for growing under account, we talked about like, you know, not buying the fake followers and all the things not to do. Do you yeah. like, you know, there's obviously like the paid shout outs, giveaways, um, running ads, or maybe even running ads to like a, a free guide. And maybe you just get followers just from doing paid ads and stuff like that. What is your like number one way to grow a, a, an account quickly? with money involved too because otherwise you you can't really do it quickly without money involved unless you're just you know jennifer aniston or something um you know or you're just posting like multiple times a day viral post viral post viral post you, what it was like your main main strategy yeah well the one thing that i would recommend you and if if it was the only one thing that i could you know stick to forever would be networking, you know, exchanging likes and comments and engagement with other accounts in the same niche. Again, remember the key is staying within other accounts within the niche, and that's that's for free. You can do it for free. So if you're setting an account, yeah, engagement groups, engagement bots, DM groups, DM like DM likes, and they have a lot of names. Um, it's all the same. So if you're into a wedding, uh, into a wedding niche, find other wedding photographers. Make a group of 15, 20, 25, 30 people and engage with each other every day. Because when other people external to your follower base join in you and, and they engage with your comment, that's going to you know, fire up the post and the algorithm will say, okay, I'm going to spread it over to a little broader audience. Uh, so that's the number one hack. Well, if you want to call it a hack, it's 100% free. It doesn't cost anything to reach other people. Instagram groups are uh, you know, completely free. Unless they charge for the group. Yeah, I mean, it depends. If it's like a super group and you have 10K, but you know, there's a guy with 500K and it's a paid entry, you say, well, it, it may be worth it, you know. But again, that's not like up to, to Instagram in terms of views. That's like on a personal level. If you want to you want to pay somebody to enter a group, that's on you, but you know, it's, it's, it's valid. Um, but yeah, number one thing, DM groups, engage with a lot of people, find people within your niche, send them invitations, say, hey, I'm putting up an engagement group for us to help each other grow. It's going to be, uh, you know, 15 to 30 accounts, a lot of us has from this minimum follower range to this maximum. Um, because again, think about it, other accounts will be enticed to participating if they know they already have other accounts participating. <laughs> so you have to put in the groups and add a lot of people and hopefully they'll engage. And you know, if you are the, the group owner, meaning that you're the first person to put in the group, you'll be like the model, like the admin. So if somebody's inactive, you can keep them out, you can put other people in. I think now it's up to 30. Uh, but that's, that's the only thing that I would think like, like if I have to say only one uh, resource, that would be the one. For organic, especially, you know, and, and it might, like the only downside is that it might, it's a lot of time invested, right? Doing all the liking and commenting on other people, but just uh, set up your keyboard shortcuts. <laughs> um, yeah. And make sure you're in a good group because it really is, you can get in a group where like, you know, the people just suck at actually engaging on your work. But if you can put the group together, especially like if you're the one who puts together the group, that's how you can, that's probably really one of the keys to making it more effective is being in charge of the group than yeah. just joining one. So yeah. as you said, it's free, but you're going to have to put in a lot of time. Unfortunately, there's in a free easy way it's free but it's hard you think ads is, is, is easy but it's expensive so you can't yeah. have it all answer um, my recommendation would be to do both the reason why is when you pay for ads and you select and you filter out your audience and your niche 
that's going to help the algorithm a little more understand who you are. So that's going to be like a little extra bonus, some, some added points. So if you have, yeah. Yeah. If you have like a spare 20 to 50 bucks a month, just put into your account, not too much for the sake of growth, but just to give yourself that extra push, it's going to be worth it. And just really, I just promoted uh, one of my personal posts just for the sake of having the, the goodness score help me a little more on my other posts. So that's perfectly valid. Don't rely on one thing alone. Don't rely just on DM groups. Don't rely, don't rely just on channels. Do a little of everything. But if you have just only one, again, do DM groups. Okay. Excellent, man. Well, dude, this interview was absolutely killer. Uh, I was like, in the back of my mind while you were giving some of the answers, I'm like, what do I call this? Like, and, and I was just like, one of the names I was like, how to make the algorithm your bitch, like how to <laughs> like the ultimate guide <laughs> to mastering. Like, it's just like, this has been one of the best uh, interviews and just podcasts overall um, that we've had because you talked about so much stuff with uh, Instagram that not a lot of people know, but also, you know, the business side of things too. Uh, with like your optimization tips, valuing time, and uh, a lot of ways to, you know, uh, how how do I make money and what should I strive for? So thank you so much for coming on, man. Um, guys, uh, check uh, out his page, Explorer. Uh, so uh, yeah, and he's 1.2 million on there, but you can shoot him a DM, let him know that you heard the podcast. If you're interested in the, the guide that we talked about earlier, like his conclusive guide to the algorithm that he updates, it's like version eight or something now, um, yeah. right? And uh, it's super solid. Uh, it goes over all 10 of the algorithms. It's super long. So like the price will make sense once you actually get it. But if you're interested in looking at that, if you just want to like completely master the algorithm, shoot a DM. But either way, if you appreciated the interview, you know, go pay him a follow and shoot him a DM just to say thanks. Um, any, any other words that you'd like to leave the, uh, listeners with John? Uh, no, man, honestly, that's all. I just want to personally thank you for your time and for the audience, you know, listening to this. I know it's a lot of information and I know that a lot of people may be tired of, you know, listening, uh, regurgitating again, more and more and more Instagram content. But I promise you, once you get the hang of this, it gets easy with time, you know, all you need to do is listen from the right people. So, you know. Uh, thank you again for, for the opportunity. And I hope, uh, you know, this clarifies a lot of information. I know that we didn't cover even like 5% of, of, of the things that we could, and we could spend like 20 hours like consecutively. Yeah. Uh, but um, I would love to be here again sometime. And if people were left out with, with doubts or, hey, I didn't quite understand this or anything at all, feel free to either ask you or me, or maybe if, you know, enough people jump in, they may, hey, can we have a rerun of this? We can just do it again. If any, you know, shoot me a message, to Explorer or to my to my Facebook at uh, Jean or at facebook.com slash Explorer. I'm there as well. Um, if you were left out with any questions or we didn't cover enough, again, feel free to call us out and uh, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll be here. Yep, we will definitely be here for you guys. So thanks for listening to the end. For those of you who made it, it was a lot of information, but I really think you should uh, listen to it again even uh, because it was so much information, but because it was so valuable. Uh, so Jean, thanks again for coming on, man. I will talk to you soon. Sure, man. Appreciate it. Now, can you see what I'm talking about when I was telling you this was going to be one of the best podcast episodes you ever heard on Instagram? I hope it lived up to the expectation. If it didn't, you weren't really listening. This is an episode you guys need to go back and listen to multiple times, though, so that you can really grasp all of the nuggets that were uh, debuted in here. I still, at the time of me recording this, I have no idea what I'm going to title this podcast episode because... 
there's just so much covered. Uh, it could have almost been split up over multiple interviews, but I will be doing a recap episode of this and we will certainly be having him back on the show, you know, in a few months or down the road, whenever a big change happens to Instagram. We are even talking about making a influencer, a travel influencer episode specifically. So, uh, if you guys like the idea of that, we just got to hear from you. So DM me, DM him, say, hey, I'm a travel influencer. If you guys made a podcast episode specifically on that, that would be awesome. Or if there's a n- different topic that you'd love to hear more on from him, uh, I really do listen to the people and I respond to 100% of DMs sent to me at IGM Secrets. So shoot me a message, guys. I will talk to you soon. Enjoy your day.